Hello, awesome people. Welcome back to the Good To Go pod. This current episode, I don't even know what day or month we're up to here. I think it's episode 10. You'll work it out. Uh, I have my amazing friend, Cora, uh, and we sat down and we had a chat about what she does, which you know is really, really cool. Uh, so go ahead and have a listen to it. If you have any questions, quandaries, or queries about me or Cora, please feel free to get in contact. Uh, you can send me an email at info at good to go or pod. No, not info. Don't send it. Or, well, you can really if you want to, but I'd prefer it if you send it to pod at good to go se. Um, yeah. Without any further ado, here is my chat with Cora Porstian. I have with me, oh look, we're in the studio today, and I have with me my good friend, Cora Forstian. Forstian. How do I say that? Swedish, Finnish, American. Yeah, you know, it's a little bit different. Forstian. Forstian. in the States. Forstian. Forstian. I would say Forstian. In Australia, I go Forstian. Yeah, sounds like the Americans. Anyway, this is Cora. (laughs) This is Cora, uh, and we're going to have a chat about Cora, who she is and what she does. So, who are you? What do you do? Um, I am a naturopath and an acupuncturist, and I currently work here in Stockholm, Sweden. Um, we moved here, gosh, three years ago now from the States. Know. It's been a long um, three months. It has so, been, yeah. right? So um, I had a practice in Portland, Oregon, um, and then we've moved here recently, and I've started up again. So functional medicine, health, Chinese medicine, um, really about trying to get to the root cause. Hmm of mm-hmm. things and kind of getting people their power back so they can start taking control of their lives again and get their health under control. Cool. So now I have to apologize. We did this interview last year and then I made a technical, <laughs> I tried to get fancy and it didn't work. Uh, so we're doing it all again. And we're so we, we've had this conversation before, but it's going to be totally different because we're new and in a different space and life has changed <laughs> between the last conversation and the conversation we're having now. But one of the things that I really enjoy about these conversations is the story of how you got into doing what it is that you're doing. Mm. So tell me, what, what was that moment that you had where you've gone, yeah, this is, this is where I am. This is what, this is what I'm going to be when I grow up. Yeah. Um, I think that I was always interested in medicine, always interested in people. Um, but I was fortunate enough, my mom was an EMT growing up, so we were always around you know, we had a good understanding of health. We had a good understanding of the body, how it worked, and of course, kind of how to react and handle in trauma. Um, but that being said, my mom, gosh, when I was about, so it was when my youngest brother was born, I was about nine, she started switching over um, and seeing a chiropractor in the U.S., which is a lot like an old school naturopath at that time period. And he also okay. did Chinese medicine. Yeah. Yep. Texas is an unlicensed states for naturopaths. And so um, at that time period, the training for the chiropractic school was actually very similar to a naturopathic background. Okay. Yeah. Because in Australia, chiropractic training is like a, it's like a medical degree. It's like six years long. Yeah, it's really different yeah. for sure in the different places. But what's cool about you know like his training then too is that it was like that full medical training and it was really, again, that focus on health nutrition kind of getting back to the basics and so it was a lot more than just uh, spinal manipulation for instance and then he had also complemented that with Chinese medicine so around that time we kind of started getting introduced to this different concept of what health is what disease is 
what it means to be healthy and free from disease, kind mm-hmm. of optimal functioning versus just getting by. Yep. You know, as a kid, I don't know that I paid quite as much attention. It was interesting to me, um, but I was a big athlete. And so um, I realized that whenever I got injured, I bounced back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a pretty big injury my sophomore year of high school. Um, and I, I partially fractured my femur, or a hairline fractured my femur and partially tore my MCL right in the middle of soccer season. Um, but my mom picked me up. We got straight M- in. Sorry, MCL, medial cruciate ligament. Yes, yes, the knee, essentially. Yes. Um, and um, six weeks, I was back, and I ran three miles that next day. Six. Wait, you're back six weeks from a grade one and grade two tear from your MCL in your six weeks from go to work. Yeah, and clean wow. x-ray before wow. and after. So, I mean, we, we worked hard. I guess, you know, part of it is that, you know, my mom was able to manage my care at home, right? So we had a professional at home. But more than that, you know, we had access to this regular care, and I was able to kind of stay mobile and mm. stay training, kind of doing the recline bike. Mm. And I saw, in a sense, what was possible, yep. right, when you're supporting the body. And um, at that time, you know, sports was kind of the biggest thing in my life. And um, it just started to make sense. The way he saw health, I asked a lot of questions, started talking about it, and it just started to click. It was like all of a sudden, you know, you realize that you've learned a new language yep. and made sense. And so yep. around that time, I was like, this, I think I want to study this. And I thought at the time that I kind of focus on sports medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it probably wasn't until a bit later. I went to undergrad in California because they, that it was a nice little hippie school in California and it had um, an internet cross-cultural health and international studies program, which I combined with the pre-med background. So I got to, you know, play with all the, the fun energetics of things, look at health from different cultures and kind of look at um, kind of how we combine, well, rigorous science testing with a lot of these kind of other traditions that are also showing to be effective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and different kind of ways that we do research. So always fascinated with that. And then I found a school um, up in Portland, Oregon, the National College of Natural Medicine. It was NCNM at the time. Um, and they had both a naturopathic doctorate, which I had no idea what it was when I applied, and um, a, a very solid classical Chinese medicine program. And I knew I wanted to do the acupuncture. I knew I wanted to do the herbs, but I was also really interested in sciences, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and an in-depth medical background. And the naturopathic is a, a four-year natural, uh, a naturopathic doctorate program, which really gives you that solid foundation. And... Um, it lets you practice as a primary care physician in Oregon. Wow. So it was, for me, that was a hell of a lot of work, but it was a great combination to really kind of let me go between worlds, right? Of this kind of conventional medical thinking, bringing in a lot of functional medicine, how to really look and optimize your lab work, your health, how do we bring in nutrition, and then being able to combine a lot of these more, um, you know, ancient techniques of, of, process-oriented healing mm. as well as physically working with the body mm. and it's for me it's ended up being a language that works for me and then I get to try to translate to patients yeah. so we get good results yeah wow that's really cool yeah it's, it's <laughs> definitely off the beaten path but you know I've got job satisfaction so I like it I think and I think one of the things that I really uh that I really enjoy in my in our professional relationship and you know, full disclosure, Cora is my go-to person for when I'm having issues with my with my body. Um, 
you know, I go in there, Cora, I go, yeah, this hurts. And she comes in and goes, Meh, and then it goes away, um, which is awesome. <laughs> but uh, your ability to mix, now, let me get this straight in my head before I offend somebody, is what I'm about to say. Your ability to explain and help everybody, but, but to understand the connection rather mm. than the separation between the science and, in inverted commas, the natural medicine there. So, um, because, you know, for me, in, in all yeah. honesty, up until I met you, and as a massage therapist and a personal trainer, you know, naturop naturopathy mm. gets put in the hippy dippy mung bean bucket, right? Mm -hmm. And it comes with this really big, uh, you know, broad stroke paintbrush of you're a, a hippie, what are you doing? This stuff doesn't work. But you come at me with actual real proper science. Mm -hmm. When I ask questions, you throw science at me and I go, wow, this, okay. You know, and I, it's, it's the part of me that likes the science can't argue with, right? What, I'm th what, what you're throwing at me so that I can go, yeah, yeah this stuff actually works. For you, mm -hmm. I'll put a question in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a question coming. For you, how important is that? I mean, obviously it's important because you deal with it, but how important is that to be able to help people understand that it's not just hippy-dippy mumbing? Like yeah. There's actual real science behind what you're doing. You know, it is, I'd say it's pretty fundamental because it's fundamental for me, but it's also fundamental for me to make sure that my patients, my clients, the people that I'm working with, that they understand not only what we're doing, but why we're doing it, mm. right? So, and that's, you know, part of that is, you know, some of that philosophy that, that differs, right? So, you know, we're talking about um, the fact that, that, you know, science, there's so much we can work with, right? And it's, it's a difference in language. You know, yep. we're pulling yep. out different lenses, right? So, you know, we've got, um, we've got information coming in in different routes, um, and then we kind of just need to figure out how to translate it. But for me, patient compliance, working together, working as a team, this is what empowers people to actually get changes. Because when we're talking, I deal mostly with chronic health, yep. chronic illness stuff. Sure, you know, pain, management, that stuff. A lot of times that's chronic as well. It's not that the medicine doesn't work greatly acutely, and I do definitely treat acute as well, but really our society needs chronic health care right now, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, and we're seeing that even more <laughs> now in these most, you know, recent three months. But we, this is, has been... I was going to say in Scottish, I was going to say a breast. It's, oh. it's been, you know, a, yeah, no, a scarcity, right? Yeah, a scarcity. Yes. Um, and I ask people to make lifestyle changes, mm -hmm. you know? I want them mm -hmm. to be committed to the treatment they're working because I want to get lasting change. You know, mm -hmm. my goal isn't just to substitute the medication that you're taking with another herb or something more natural, right? Mm -hmm. The idea is that we actually want to get to the underlying illness, that imbalance, Fix it and strengthen your body so that you can get back to doing what's generally healthy, right? Yep. Eating well, exercise, drinking water, socializing in a good way. Like, those things should be enough for you to take care of yourself, yep. right? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we've had enough traumas, whether it's, you know, physical, medical, emotional, whatever it is that kind of comes in, environmental, and it puts blocks in our body's ability to heal itself, right? So if I can get people along on that road mm. and 
science is a way to back that up is the same way that we work through you've been in sessions with me you know i work a lot physically right and you we check in often to see are you feeling this shift are you getting this change is it better is it worse so that not only am i speaking to your reason and your logic but i'm also speaking to your body and your objective experience of it subjective experience we're doing both there we go (laughs) we got them both covered because what we want is you know a commitment to health and i know that this is not a one two time visit and we're done it's a big lifestyle change and i don't think that that i'm not setting people up to take care of themselves if we're not on the same page yeah. and science science that lets, lets us do that um and it gives us a, a language mm-hmm. to understand each other plus it's fascinating yeah i mean it, yeah, it yeah. truly is fascinating i know right so it's really cool so when you when you say you've got a client that come to you and they have a block what is yeah. that? What does that mean on all levels? Yeah. Right? On, on this level and, and this level out here, what is a block? Yeah. Um, it could be anything from like a physical trauma. Mm-hmm. Let's, I mean, you can use the example of a, of a car accident or maybe, um, you know, never fully recovered after a surgery or a medication. Um, it could be, you know, grief is a big one, mm-hmm. right? I definitely have a lot of people coming in with big... Um, emotional aspects right that are kind of keeping them from functioning and, and you can see how one thing leads to the other mm. right C- can we unpack that a little bit mm? just to uh, to be clear we're not diagnosing we're just talking and nerding Absolutely. out over information <laughs> people um so we're us- using grief as mm-hmm. an example right and everybody's body is different everybody does different things with their processes but can you Pinpoint or find, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Familiar things in a person's body where you can go, yeah, this person is dealing with grief. Do you know what I mean? I go yeah. the, so I go to the doctor, yeah. I go, I'm getting headaches, and their first thing is go, go take a painkiller. Right. Right? Right. Rather than going, why are you getting headaches? Yeah. Okay. So somebody comes to you and they go, I'm getting headaches or whatever. That's mm-hmm. the thing they're looking yeah. for. And then you're going to go, what we need to deal with is your grief. Yeah. Is there a regular, not a regular, that's well, not Well, part right of word. it is that, you know, it looks really different. Like, I don't have 15-minute check-ins. Yeah. So when it comes in, especially that first visit, you know, that first visit is an hour and a half with me. And yeah. that includes treatment. It includes physical exam. But we spend a good 45 minutes chatting. And it's yep. about getting to know the whole person. And that's their whole story and what they've been through. Yeah. Because as you start to get a really good history and intake, not only am I putting together, okay, so this symptom came on around this time in this major event and how that could have played. Because what our body does is our body tries to adapt. It's mm-hmm. all about survival, right? Mm-hmm. And for a while, it's just about getting through the acute immediate. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, we have to let go of what we were using to compensate. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it starts gumming up the system and it doesn't work as well, right? So we get coping mechanisms. And you can you know, apply that kind of widely. But until we go through a really detailed history and get to know someone, mm-hmm. We're not going to see all of that. And I think what's actually cool is, so I do that, right, as we're kind of talking through and we go through the whole body and all of the systems, timelines, when things happen, patients start processing it too. Mm. And they'll come back to me like, you know, we talked about this and it occurred to me that this has been going on since this time. And you can start to kind of put things together. And that, I mean, that is growth on Mm. several levels, right? Mm. Because when you come in, you know, getting healthy, getting fit, it shouldn't be about coming into someone and say, fix me, right? 
we're helping guide people remove these roadblocks. Yeah, strike them, but we're teaching them how to do this themselves. And we can't separate out the mental emotional from the physical. They're in they're inherently entwined. We wouldn't survive if they weren't, right? So can't separate separate out the mental and emotional from the physical. Yeah. I mean, that's that is how we have evolved. Yeah. Right? So um, that work requires people to do work on their own. So we work together. It's yeah. more of a team rather than kind of this, you know, kind of conventional patriarchal medical system. Smash the patriarchy. <laughs> uh, what do you, how do you, how do you, as a practitioner, help somebody understand that particular concept? Because that's one of my favorite things, you know, for me here, you've done work with mm-hmm. me here as well, is that having people understand that, yeah, a chronic injury isn't necessarily just because you fell over on the ice 30 years ago, it's because yeah. something else happened, you know, or we're still holding yeah. on to pain from car accident, blah, 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 and we need to unwind that. Mm-hmm. What path do you take when you're trying to get somebody to understand that, you know, you're not here to take a pill, we're here to do the work to fix whatever it is yeah. that you're here for in yeah. the first place? Um, I think, you know, it's a lot of education Mm. and that's part of taking the time to do it. Mm. Um, and that's, that's getting in the language and it's kind of pointing out how things work. And I think, you know, the other part of it is I think by the nature of the medicine that I do, it takes a while for people to come to me. And it's often that they have been down several other roads and they're saying, I'm tired of taking the pills. I'm not getting the results. I don't know what to do. I I need something. And so they're, they're more open to explore. I think. Is that frustrating knowing that you're. You're not the first port of call. Hmm. Do, do you know what I mean? Is it is it like nah. God, why can't people change? Why can't we live in a different world where we are the first port of call instead of You know, you do the work that needs to be done. Yeah. Right? Yeah, true. True. Um and it's not like we haven't been through our own healing journeys <laughs> to get where true. we need to get to. Yeah. Right. Um <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, like you're you're serving a need. It doesn't. Because the thing is is what is so rewarding is when people actually start to shift and change they see that change and it's like it's like the difference of needing glasses and not having glasses Mm. and then when you finally go in you get your eyes checked they give you a pair of glasses and everything is so much clearer you're like gosh why didn't i do this earlier everything is so much clearer yep it's that aha moment that people have that's so rewarding so no i'm happy you know like i love solving problems and puzzles Mm -hmm. especially i love talking to people getting to know their stories and so Work's enjoyable for me, mm. you know? We sort through these things together, and mm. that shift and change for them, when it's been so hard for them, mm. is just rewarding on its own. So, no, I don't worry that I'm a little further down the protocol, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm that steward but, that sends them onto a new path. On, on the other side of that is, if you are down further down mm-hmm. the port, like, like we say, is that people are more likely to comply if it's working. They comply to mm-hmm. a lifestyle change yeah. if they see if they see, when Usually, when they start to see results as yeah. opposed to things that because nothing else has worked mm-hmm. so far and they start to feel yeah. change and see results and they go yeah this is actually working cool yeah I would say in some ways yeah mm-hmm. some people need that mm-hmm. um, of course I have people that you know have already kind of figured this out mm-hmm. and they've sought me out just because you know they know what to look for yeah right um, but. By nature of what we're doing, we're not doing a quick fix. It requires effort and input from a patient. Mm-hmm. And if they're not really willing to put effort into their health, they're just not going to get very far. And then, you know, it just also might not be a good fit because they're no. going to keep looking for those faster yeah. solutions. And that's totally at their own pace. Yep. And they're doing that. And, you know, 
we will still be here when they're they're ready to start putting the work in. Exactly. So I think what is different is we're talking about a paradigm shift yep. where patients, clients are starting to take responsibility over their own health. Mm. And that's really where we have the most work to do and to mm. teach people how to do that. So, mm. yeah. Sometimes mm. it's a long journey before you're ready to start taking control of your own health. And you need a little bit of extra motivation yeah. and struggles. <laughs> bit of struggle. So I wasn't sure I was going to go here today, but I'm going to go here today because this is where we're at. So if, if you're watching this in the future, it is currently the end of April 2020, and we are in the middle of global pandemic, coronavirus, yeah. COVID-19 thing. <sighs> yeah. What's coming? Fix us! <laughs> no. Um, I've got a couple of questions brewing yeah. in my head, and I, but I want to start with, now that a lot of us are being... <laughs> we've, just, we've actually just spoken about this. Cora and I are not being forced to slow down at all. But now that most of us are being forced to slow down and spend time with our family, mm -hmm. immediate family mm -hmm. unit, uh, and not get out and do our regular routine as a naturopath, yeah. do you have some survival tips for people out there? Yeah. Uh, for, you know, how to nourish their body, mm. how to create space for them to actually cope with you know, the fact that our survival instincts have just been triggered. Yeah. And we, you know, we're living in a state of, in inverted commas, fear. For sure. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, part of it depends a lot on what country you're living in mm. and what you're able to do. So, statistically, right now, most of my viewers are in Sweden. All right. But All right. we've got a few from the States. We've got a yeah. few from Australia as well. So You know, I think a lot of it is um, with... I kind of look at the things that like we have a little bit more control over, right? So for instance, what we're eating. Mm -hmm. That's something that we've got a little bit more control over right now. You know, that we don't have the same scarcity here in Sweden as in other places. You can absolutely still get a hold of your good mm -hmm. good quality foods. Um, and with... I'm going to take you back yeah. to that. What is a good quality food? Yeah. So we are talking about ideally, right? Which is a little <laughs> bit harder to find. But ideally, you're going to want locally grown mm -hmm organic, minimally beef processed food, right? Um, protein, we want that to be grass-fed. Um, we want to choose really as little processed food as possible, yep. right? Yep. So anything that you're making at home, you know exactly what's going into it, right? Yep. So you're getting your fresh vegetables, you're getting your fresh fruits, you can choose good fats, quality proteins, getting enough water. You know, you, we, we have access to these resources, right? And some of that for sure varies on income level yeah. as to what you can buy. But but why, and this is a question that always sits in the back of my head. And, I, you know, I have my answer mm -hmm. for this, but mm -hmm. I'm curious to know your answer. Why is the less processed the foods, the better for us? Why is that? Yeah. There are a ton of additives that get put into food, right? So everything from chemicals to lots of extra salt to extra sugar, um food colorings there's just so much the so many fillers mm -hmm. really that goes into it so you're just not only are you not getting the nutritional value of it mm -hmm. you're adding extra stuff that your body has to process that it doesn't actually get nutritional value in but there's you know your liver is having to work a lot harder to clear a lot of this stuff out yep. so for instance right now a lot of people have been talking about that there's heightened states of inflammation yep. right 
And that yep. this inflammation is a bit of a predisposing factor. We see this kind of shown out in diabetes, high yep. blood pressure, these type of things. So when you start to cook more simply and eat less processed food, mm-hmm. we start to reduce the overall inflammation in our body. Okay. Right? So it's one of those things. Tons of research, right, when you start to look at, well, how do we control diabetes? How do we control high blood pressure, for instance? One of the staples of that is your diet and your nutrition, right? The problem is, is a lot of people don't, they struggle, mm-hmm. I would say, to make those big changes. Mm. Okay, so, and you know, on a practical level, mm. um, what is a good change to be making? Can we, can we, like, yeah. So, so you know, my mind immediately goes from having highly processed white bread to mm-hmm. having a good grainy yeah, bread. Yeah, something more something like a like good that. whole grain, right? Yeah. Um, you know, organic, if you could do it. Um, Making, yes, those substitutions. So, you know, starting simple soups mm-hmm. are a good simple okay. way to go. Yep. Um, roasting vegetables is mm-hmm. another good simple way to go. They're not complicated. You can kind of get them in the oven and forget about them and come back to them. Um, at the same time, you start to kind of unlock a lot of that good nutrition. It makes it a little bit easier to digest. Um, I would say, you know, it's not necessarily the time to make really fancy, extravagant recipes, right? But if you can look or at something, if you right? do at home doing nothing. But maybe even just like thinking about, you know, instead of getting a can of chicken noodle soup, mm. see what it takes to actually soup. make some yeah. on your own, right? Um, one of those things that we've been talking about, gosh, since the beginning of dawn, um, is good, um, good bone broth, right? Yeah. And this is a oh, great yes. time to yes. do. We're going to talk later about, we can talk about it now, Yeah. But we're going to talk later about bone broth too. Yeah. So for instance, right, that's one of the great things that you can make is a good actual stock. We used to do this. Do you have a recipe? You do have a recipe. We you do sent have a recipe. recipe. Yeah, we're, we're going to put the recipe posted. in the show notes for the yeah. stock bone broth. Anyway, yeah. keep going. Which is great. So it makes a good base, right? Yeah. This makes a good base for any type of soups that you do. You can cook, you know, rice in it. You can just drink it as it is. What's really nice about a good bone broth, right? And there are vegetarian versions as well. You can do some off of um, vegetables as well. Um, is that it really helps to pull the nutrition mm-hmm. out of the bones, right? So you're getting mm-hmm. a bunch of vitamins, minerals that are really easily absorbable. So to translate this into my my mm-hmm. part of my brain that's like you know 19 years old yeah. and doesn't want to, you know, likes to have things very simple, is Essentially, what you're doing is when you make your own bone broth, you're making a vitamin shake for yourself. In a sense, like, yeah. So in, that's instead highly of, absorbable. In, instead of having, you know, spend, instead of spending thousands of dollars on protein yeah. shakes and that kind of stuff, make a bone broth. Yeah. Yep. So and it's fantastic because it's easily absorbable, readily available, um, good quality nutrition. Because you can go out and buy a whole bunch of vitamins, but mm. it makes a really big difference in what form they are. Mm. You know, mm. and they also have a lot of fillers. Mm. So there's there's that difference in quality, right? Whereas if you're starting with a good quality food-based, mm. you know, start, right, mm. you can really kind of help to concentrate that. Not to mention the fact that it gets a lot of glutamine, mm. which is really good in replenishing that gut lining. So this is one yeah, of those okay. things that's really great for leaky gut. It helps to really kind of just regenerate those intestinal cells mm. that you've got. Um, it's goal, It's great for any type of needing to build build up right mm-hmm. so if you've been sick for a while and need something simple to digest that your body doesn't have to spend a lot of energy in but get good quality nutrition um for instance when i was talking about my knee injury mm-hmm. right these are the building blocks literally the bones the tendons so we're getting that nutrition that's really making it rapidly bioavailable yeah. 
Um, it's just it's just quality nutrition that's not expensive as long as you're you know or just cook it simply at home. The key is adding a little bit of vinegar. Some mm-hmm. recipes call for a little bit of white wine, but yeah, you okay. need that to be able to kind of just leach it out. Yeah. Okay. Um, and um, you know you would start with any kind of you know leftover bones that you have at home. Yeah. You could do chicken, fish, turkey, uh, beef. You know wh- whichever you have. Um, but there are also some vegetable-based ones yeah. that you can do. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Um, it's it's a great simple one, and you can build your super healthy chicken noodle soup on top of that, right? Nice. So simple recipes, mm. quality ingredients, kind of getting down that nutrition, right? Mm. We start to look at things that kind of aggravate inflammation. Yeah, it's sugar. That's carbs, you know, and it's what we all reach to when we're stuck at yeah. home inside yeah. and stressed out, right? That's what the <laughs> adrenal starts to do, right? It yeah. starts to, you know, we get into that fight-or-flight space, and we want quick, quick fuel, yep. right, to deal with it. So um, nutrition is a good one. Mm. Finding ways to exercise, mm. getting out. Um, and then, you know, it's a good time to, you know, see if you can get into some more of these mindfulness practices, right? Some people like to meditate. Some people mm. like to do yoga. Whether you are getting into your art or in your music, there mm. needs to find some space for some sanity time. Yeah. And it's hard as a parent. Yeah. And it's like filled yeah, with constant chatter. Yeah, especially if oh. mm. <laughs> we've got kids in the same age. There is constant chatter. I love my kids. I love them. They're amazing. Yes. Yes, they are. I need silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's a totally different Can't subject. Buy silence is very hard to come by. Totally different <laughs> subject. We'll talk about that one day. <laughs> when they're grown and moved out of home. Um <laughs> Yeah, there yeah. will be other things to worry about. So, so we're getting into some basic building blocks mm-hmm. of nutrition, mm-hmm. right? We're getting mindfulness and that kind of stuff. Yeah. If somebody is, and you know, I I think about myself. I've been thinking about this over the past weekend, coming up for this mm-hmm. chat. My nervous system right now is yeah, on totally fire. Do. You know, I stubbed my toe the other day, and it went right through my entire body. What's something I can do at home to help me calm, like? No, for for yeah. me, the what happens is I get really tight and I can't I can't relax. Mm-hmm. And I imagine mm-hmm. I'm not the only person feeling like this at the moment. Right. So um, there are a bunch of things, right? Tons of breathing exercises out there you can do. I'm a big fan of the adrenal relief pose. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know this one. Um, so the idea is that you take a bench or a stool or edge of a bed, right? And so you're laying on the f- laying on the floor, and then you put your legs up so mm-hmm. that you're square yeah so that you're kind of get this 90 degree yeah. angle right and the idea to that is that it kind of just it sort of turns off this fight-or-flight response okay. and so it kind of helps to slow down blood circulation back to the center it's focus on your breathing um, and it's it really you know it's it, I think it comes kind of from the the yoga pose where you've got your feet up on the wall mm. um, but it really starts to kind of slow things down um, and you'd be surprised. It's really kind of restorative. Mm. I did this all through when I was coming back to playing sports. I had chronic fatigue when I was uh, starting undergrad yeah. college. And um, I was that sophomore year, I was just getting back to playing. And I had these short windows that I could play. And so I would play in the game. And I'd come out and I'd take five minutes on the bench. I'd do my adrenal really pose and be like, all right, coach, you're back. Like, let, let's head back wow. in. And it was amazing how Isn't much it would just kind of help moderate right that autonomic nervous system. Yeah. So, um, so that one I like, yep. right? Um, like I said, there's like the different kind of breathing ones that kind of moderate the autonomic nervous system. Um, belly breathing, that one I do with the kids mm. too. Mm. Um, belly breathing I do with the kids, which they're great. There's some good, you know, 
essential oils that help people calm down, you know, finding those routine, those rituals. There are acupressure points that are helpful to massage, for mm-hmm. instance. You know, you step in your toe, there's one, you know, there's some things you can do specifically, mm-hmm. right, to help with the pain. Toes but the other part of it is, um, you know, trying to find these kind of ways to kind of let go. Mm-hmm. Not going for stimulants is the other thing, right? Mm-hmm. So things that key up our nervous system all the time. You're telling me Sugar, I'm not allowed to drink coffee? coffee, right, <laughs> caffeine. No, I'm not saying you can't drink it. I'm just saying that, you know, it's one of those things that does hype up yep. our sympathetic nervous system. It just kind of takes the adrenals and presses go, yeah. which is great when we need it, right? But eventually we start to kind of run out of gas. Either that or we've got the gas pedal on all the time, and then we're just hyper-reactive to everything. So, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. of course, there's there's herbs, there's acupressure points, there's a lot of things like that. But I think there's a lot you can just do at yeah. home. To be able to act, I, you know what, I, I think it's really interesting, this uh, adrenal relief pose mm-hmm. is something that I do on a daily basis. It's my favorite thing to do. I get the ball down, I put my legs up on the ball, yeah. and yeah. I just lie there and breathe for a minute or two. You know, you and lay again. there, you open your chest, you put your arms kind of in that like anatomical position, yeah. and it really does. It just kind of opens things up, gets your circulation going, and gives you a minute to catch up. Cool. Um, yeah, and like I said, the belly breathing with the kids is good. I find that the kids can get pretty wound up before bed, too, yeah, and getting yeah. them to kind of settle down. And, you know, they hear a lot about what's going on, and they're, you know, they're worked up mm. about the virus and all the changes and not getting to see their friends as much. And so I feel like they've also had some extra nightmares. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that's when I've started doing, do you know about Dream Treehouse? No. This thing is Tell great, about right? This. So as I'm kind of getting the kids wound down um, after kind of books, lights are out, Kind of calm down, take a couple quiet breaths, and then we take a little trip. It's really, it's just, I mean, it's a guided it's meditation, like a guided meditation, right? Yeah. And so we take a little yeah, trip. Yeah. You know, they get to decide how they want to get to their dream tree house, right? Like my daughter has a flying unicorn that she wants to ride. So we get on that unicorn, awesome. and we, you know, take a look at all the rainbows and, you know, all the little trees below us as we get there. And then we kind of have a little fika with mm-hmm. her friends, mm-hmm. mostly other ponies. Cool. And some fairies and some, you know, mermaids. And then she gets to take a look in her dream telescope. Wow. Right? And see where she wants to go. And so she kind of gets to have a control of what she wants to dream about. And my mind immediately goes to, are you teaching your kids how to lucid dream? In a sense, right? Like, yeah. And you can see them and you only hear her. She's like, only oh, have bad dreams. And I was like, okay, well, tell me about this. And then she just switches, right? Yeah. And she goes, oh, that was great. My son... That's all, like, he's built these flying machines. We head over there. He's got a robotics workshop. He looks at his dream telescope. He says he looks up into the stars, and he gets an instruction booklet. Mm-hmm. And he takes it into his little robot workshop, and he wants to see what wow. what he got to build, right? But they're loving it, and it just kind of changes the story, yeah. right? And it gets yeah, them to yeah. focus on small details, and I feel like it gives them control again. Mm-hmm. So, um, God, I'm going to do that yeah. myself. Well, it is, right? It's totally a good technique that you can do either way. I feel much calmer after it, right? I've been here to the robot shop and off to the undersea adventure. Um, But it it settles things down and it makes us feel like we've got some control in the situation, especially in a time when we don't. And I feel like the kids notice that. So it's nice to give them some control too. So, yeah, those are are some tips. Yeah. Good tips. Yeah. Anything else in there? Gosh. There's a bunch of stuff. There's always something running through my head. It's just a matter of fishing it out. All right, so let's try and fish it out. So we've you've given us some good nutrition tips. Mm. Uh, you've mentioned acupressure mm-hmm. or acupuncture because we're on video. 
That's true. We can show you a couple points. Yeah, show mm-hmm. us a couple points. But mm-hmm. we're going to describe it because we're going to put the, the audio up on yeah. the pod. So, so there are um, a couple so, great yeah. points just to calm down your, your sympathetic nervous system, help mm-hmm. balance that autonomic nervous system. So we talk a lot about so, parasympathetic and sympathetic. Touch me in a second. <laughs> feel it. So just for people who aren't familiar, right? Yep. Autonomic nervous system is what is done without you thinking about it. If yep. we had to think every time to remind ourselves to breathe, we would all be dead. So the idea is this is something that just happens on its own. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just reminded of a joke that I'm not going to say. Sorry, people. <laughs> if you want the joke, message me. There you go. Um, part of that, right, is the gas pedal. That's your fight or flight. Yep. That's your sympathetic nervous system. The other part's the brake. That's your parasympathetic. That's rest. That's digest. That's rebuilding. That's sleep. That's staying calm. And we need both. So it's not really that we should always be mellowed out. We would get nothing done, and we would probably be eaten by tigers. Yes. Type of thing. Um, The same time, I think right now, everyone is chronically running in a sympathetic dominant state, and they're in stages of other... tiger chasing us right now. Exactly, right? So we're stuck in either like a hyper-stimulated state where we're overacting to everything, we've gone past that, and we've bottomed out, Mm. right? And burnout is no small thing, especially Mm. here in Sweden. So it's all really about balancing. Mm. And depending on where you're at, there's some different stages. But a big thing to do is to start balancing out the nervous system. And there are two points that are actually really good to start checking. So there's oftentimes a little bit of a tender point that you can check first. Over here, it's about spleen 20. And oftentimes, if that is a bit tender. If I was to do this mm -hmm. to myself, which finger would I use? What do I use? I'd probably use... I use my what third and fourth finger third generally. Third and fourth finger. So that's your I take my fourth finger and the one yeah. next to it. Yeah. And you're so gonna, check it in. No. And we'll we'll put a picture. Yeah. We'll put you know we'll drawing put, put up of what up. it is, but right? Just for the people listening to this, uh, it's just on your what's this called? Your clavicle. clavicle. Your what's the other word for it? Um, Nickelbeam. No, yes. that's not the right word. Yes. Collarbone. That's the word. There I'm we for. go. So if you're heading yeah, out so towards your shoulder out, on your collarbone, you're gonna come down, and before you hit your shoulder, just sort of drop down yeah. to where your pec muscles start to go yeah. into your shoulder there. So it's kind of close to the pec. It's not yeah. on the lung, but it's on the spleen channel. And oftentimes, when we're keyed up, it, it's a little bit sensitive. Yeah, actually, another one that can be a little bit sensitive is CB17. Does it matter if I'm on left or right side? Um, I actually usually check the left. Okay, left side. Yeah. And then the other point that often kind of gets a little bit keyed up with kind yeah. of emotions, nervous system tension here is yeah. CV17. So it's on the sternum, yep. kind of right sort of between um, the breast and nipple line here. Yep. That's what we call it. Yep. So I'm right there. And that's often a little bit of a tender point there as well. And anybody who's been for a massage with me. Yeah, knows that those are released. Probably. Yeah. And those are good. Like this is a really good point to really open up the chest and yep. it calms down the nervous system. So it being yep. active is usually kind of a sign that we're a little overwhelmed at the moment. So if I am at yeah. home and I poke this, mm-hmm. what's that going to do for me? Other than go, ow. Yeah, so that's more of a check-in. Yep. So then we'd want to go to, say, try triple burner five. That's about... So for yeah, people listening, there's three finger widths up from my wrist, on my left yep. arm, on the top side of my... Yep. Of my and then right in the middle, you're just going to fall into... Let me see here. A little divot. So oftentimes, if you sit here and you massage this for a little bit... Yeah. And you go back, and you check this point, it's often released. And no, the pain is decreasing. <laughs> no, no, we'll save that for the puppy back later, too. So this is a spot that you can, let's see, you can massage it yep. for a little while. It's oftentimes it's a little bit sensitive. 
Um, this is another one too. If you don't want to massage as much, you can use an essential oil on it. What was that called? Triple burner five. Triple burner five. So if you go Google it, if you yeah, if you need to. So as you kind of massage that one, well, that's another one. You've got I'm twitching wrist stuff I'm twitching. anyway. Yeah. yeah, I'm a bit twitchy. I'm so this is one then, right? So you can come back then and you can check these points and see oh, are yeah. they as tight? Have they calmed it's out? Right? Them. Yeah, so these yeah. alarm points are coming down. This yeah. one pairs really well with a point on your foot. Can we see your foot, Joe? <laughs> you really want to see my foot? Alright, alright. I need the top of your foot though. Okay. Well let's we can do that. Well, how do we You're gonna have to turn around. Uh, right. <laughs> I didn't know we were gonna do this. We we're just supposed to be talking. Alright. Can you see so, that? Between, yeah. this is your, the two well, last toes so here, we're right? we're on the left foot, right? And fourth you've and got fifth toe. Fourth, and fifth, fourth and fifth toe, between the fourth and fifth yep. toe. And you just slide right in. Oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> this spot. Forearm. Oh, no. And to be clear with you people, if we were in Cora's office right now, she'd probably put a needle in that. And I'd That's true. It would hurt really That's a lot. True. You can feel this kind of, they're yeah. active points, they're tender, right? I can feel that up in my neck. Yeah, I was going to say, these are actually good ones to open up the neck and shoulder. Yeah. Which oftentimes get really tight when we're yeah. stressed. When we're holding yeah, on. Yeah, right. Our chest closes down, our neck and shoulders get super tight. Yeah. So massaging these two points, okay. you can use an essential oil as well. That's kind of a nice calming one. What um, kind of essential oil? i got to be honest, I'm a bit skeptical about essential yeah. oils. That's, yeah. that, that kind of pushes my boundaries. And <laughs> who knew I had boundaries with, <laughs> with uh, this kind of thing? Yeah, it's just a different way of activating yeah. the acupuncture point. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, the essential oil is optional, yeah. if you like. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, research showing that those are effective ways as well. Um, I find some people also really find them nice and calming. So yeah. if you're going to kind of yeah. do like a lavender, bergamot, these things kind of tend to be sort of centering, grounding. Okay. Anyway. Um, and then we use those to kind of stimulate those acupuncture points. Yeah. Um, so that's a good one. And then the other ones, um, I would say are, I usually like to pair those with some kidney points, kidney adrenal points, okay. right? Yeah. Because yeah. those are oftentimes worked up. And so, um, we'll, we'll, we'll show you those. I think you it's easier. You are not poking me today no. in the kidneys. No, 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 no. I was going to say, <laughs> we'll put up, we'll put up a little picture, right? And it's basically on the inside of the ankle. Um, kind of yeah, so kind of right here, like yeah, on okay. kidney seven. So it's yeah. another good point to kind of massage. We'll put it we'll inside of the knee. Up so you yeah. Can see, yeah, so we'll, we'll no show you those. On me today, no. you will get a punch no. in the head. Yeah, yeah. Um, but those are good. So that way we've kind of like we're it's essentially calming down the nervous system and then trying to balance those dreams yeah. a little bit. So they're just good ones to kind of self massage for a little bit. If you want to do an essential oil, you can do that. People find you know a lot of those are kind of calming. Yeah. Those. We call the, like lavender, we consider it to be kind of an acrid. Yeah. It has that kind of strong smell. But it really, those acrid herbs really do help release heat and start to calm down yeah. the nervous system. And, you know, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Just somewhere no. in the background. I, I Just a little bit. I personally don't actually, I don't really like lavender. So yeah, yeah. I find it too strong. It's not really my thing. But a lot of people do. Yeah. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. So there's some practical tips that you can all take home with you. And we will make some pictures and put them up in the show notes and that kind of stuff. Um, so we got some physical, practical mm -hmm. little mm -hmm. treat things that people can do at home that's nice and safe. We've got some good nutrition tips there. Bone broth. Yeah. Gotta love the bone broth. Yeah. What else can they do if they want to come and see you, right? Yeah, so, you for know, sure. Because, and for people who are, who are not allowed out, right? Mm-hmm. What are the options there? We've got options. So my practice is still open. 
um, so you can come physically see me. Um, or um, I'm also doing online consultations. Mm -hmm. So there, you know, we won't be able to do acupuncture online. However, um, we still do the full history intake, um, look through old labs, talk about new labs, what we might need to get done. Mm -hmm. Can I go through those? Because that really helps us to get to a lot of the basic kind of nutritional stuff, hormone balancing, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then we'll put together a treatment plan, mm -hmm. right? So considering that, um, we can look at everything from diet, nutrition, herbs, um, you know, if we need to kind of coordinate care mm. at any point. Herbs, what, what yeah. do you mean by, what does that mean? Like, yeah. you know, when you say take some herbs, mm. you know, am I going out in the garden and eating a bunch of coriander? What What do you mean? But I know, yeah, 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 no, I got you. Stuff, but, you, know, you know what I mean. Right, so um, I use both Chinese uh, herbs as well as Western herbs, and right? Are you making people boil up? <laughs> I used to live with this guy who used to boil up his Chinese herbs. Oh, Chinese herbs are super stinky. God, super stinky. Crazy. I studied abroad in China, and I got um, my pulse read by you know a, a Chinese doctor there, and they'd given me these these herbs. And I had a host day at the time, right? So I'd go do my classes, then I'd kind of come back to my host family, and my sweet host mother would be cooking up the herbs. I could smell them down the alleyway. Like, as I turned the corner, I was like, oh, gosh, there are my herbs. Totally effective. Very stinky. Yeah. Um, no. So these days, um, I typically, yes, you can still get stinky herbs here. Um, I don't call them stinky herbs. You can still get loose bulk herbs, right? And they are definitely very effective. I do find that they're hard for patient compliance, Yep. myself included. Yep. Um, so typically capsules, yep. tinctures. Yep. Um, there are a bunch of places um, here in Stockholm that carry and deliver home, um, lots of places online as well that'll, that'll um, you can buy, purchase them and they'll send them to you. Mm -hmm. So definitely access there. Um, what, yeah, herbs are, they're, they're very effective, mm -hmm. I would say. I found a lot, a lot of success at helping to really get at a lot of the underlying root causes. Mm -hmm as well as really starting to strengthen and balance the system. So you have mm. herbs, for instance, that are really good for balancing out hormones. Mm. You've got herbs that are really good at actually um, enticing the body to say, start producing stomach acid again, mm. right? Or to, you know, start balancing out the microflora that you've got, your gut flora, or getting, you know, more regular motility. And what's nice about a lot of herbs and how we use them is we're about stimulating a reaction from the body rather than taking a medication that's um, creating mm -hmm. an effect on the mm -hmm. body, right? Because mm -hmm. ultimately the goal is, you know, anyone can give you a laxative. Mm -hmm. But if you have to take laxatives your whole life, how far have we really gotten, yeah. right? So instead, if we can look at what are the main factors as to why your digestion isn't working, right? Getting enough water, are you getting enough fiber? Do you have enough pancreatic acid? Do you have enough stomach acid? You know, is there rhythmic motility? What's the liver gallbladder doing? What's the gut flora? Mm. Um, is there a thyroid issue that could be slowing things down? So there are all of these different factors that we want to figure out, okay, who's, what are the main players, but how do we stimulate them to start doing their job again? Because mm. if not, we're just kind of suppressing and maintaining. Yep. So herbs are a fantastic tool in kind of helping to stimulate the body to start doing its thing again. And help the body heal itself. Exactly, right? So first we kind of figure out what the problem is. We have a little conversation with that part of the body. We give it some tools and then, you know, we get it back online. It's kind of a thing. Nice. Yeah. So herbs is definitely a tool to do that. Yep. Um, I have also done some guided acupressure with people online yep. as well. 
And that's something that we kind of um, figure out kind of where the sensitive points are, what releases them. So individual prescriptions that they can kind of do at home, you know, once a day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we can do that full, really, I mean, the biggest drawback to being online is that you just can't do the acupuncture itself. Everything else we pretty much have access to, yeah. to do. And really it's more of a, it's an in-depth exploration into your health and how we kind of get out of these chronic states. You know, yeah. whether it's not, you know, getting quality regular sleep, low energy, taking a longer time to rebound from colds and flus, digestive stuff, hormone stuff. Um, I mean, you name it. Yeah. Really. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I will say Chinese medicine herbs are fantastic at balancing hormones. Yep. Um, lots of, you know, whether it's, hot flashes, menstrual cycles, you know, um, heavy bleeding, all of these things. It's its really a friend to women. Yeah, <laughs> anyone, yeah. anyone with a uterus aerobics. Yeah, good to know. Yeah. I'm going to talk about that. Mm. Awesome. Is there anything else you want to throw in there? Yeah, be kind to mm. yourself right now. I think we are putting a lot of expectations on what we should or shouldn't be doing in these three months, where, wherever we are. And... Uh, yeah, just be, you know, be gentle. Mm. Put the kids' gloves on for your kids, but put them on for yourself, too. Yeah. And just kind of take the small the small steps, right, of keeping yourself healthy and sane. One simple step. Yeah. Cool. Thank mm-hmm. you. You're very welcome. That was fun. Oh, wait. Can't go yet. If people want to get in contact with you, yeah, can they do that? Yeah, of course. Um, online, coraforstenwellness.com. Um, you can find my website there. It's got my contact here in Sweden. You can also just email me at coraforstenwellness at gmail if you've got any questions. Um, yeah, it's the easiest way to find me. You're on Facebook and Instagram. I am, yeah. We'll put links. Yes. In the show notes. <laughs> somewhere. But anyway, anyway. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. Guys, be kind to yourselves, okay? We're going through a rough time. Take it easy. Not too easy, but take it easy. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you all soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye. And so that was my amazing chat with the amazing, I'm going to stop saying amazing, it's my new favorite word. But she is. She's amazing. That was my chat with Cora Forstian. As we said at the beginning, if you want to get in contact with her, you can. CoraForstianWellness.com or if you want to get in contact with me, it is pod at goodtogo.se. Thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please share it. It helps us get us, you know, our chats out to other people. If you want to come on the podcast and have a chat with me about how it is that you get through life, what it is that you're doing, uh, and that kind of stuff. And of course I got a ding dong thing on my computer. Sorry guys, I'm still working it out. Anyway, I hope you're all having an amazing time. I will be back, uh, in a couple of weeks with our next podcast episode. And then I think we're going to have a break for summer. Um, but yeah, if you want to come and have a chat with me on the good to go pod, please feel free, get in contact and we will organize that. All right, guys. Bye for now.